Welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the Heartland area. My name's Blake Martin, small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for information, resources, and advocacy for all things franchising in the Heartland area. Now, with that lead-in, I'm always very clear about the fact that this podcast is about more than just franchising. It's about entrepreneurship and all kinds of entrepreneurship. And that is a great segue into our guests today, who are entrepreneurs. In fact, they are the embodiment of scrappy entrepreneurs who persevere under all circumstances. And they're laughing already because <laughs> we're going to get into that a little bit. It's messy being a small business owner. There's lots of rewards for it, but it's messy and it's not easy and it is not for the meek. But there are great rewards to it and there are people that know how to do it the right way. And our guests today, Lindsay and Tom Clements, are the owners, founders of This Major Brewing. Thanks so much for coming on today, you guys. Yeah, for thanks very much. You're welcome. And I don't want anybody to forget that we've got an uh, example crowler from this major brewing here today, and they've got their garb on as well. So we'll mention it again later on, but uh, I talked about the embodiment of scrappy entrepreneurs, right? It's mm-hmm. not always easy making your dream come true, correct? Correct. <laughs> we can speak to that tenfold. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I rarely work from notes here, but I've got a couple of notes just to kind of do a lead in. But because I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you guys have faced and, and how you've overcome those challenges. And for our audience, let me just preface that with they have found a place of stability and profitability as a business. It's not always easy, but they've gotten there. So this isn't a woe is me story. It's just a it's a story of, hey, you know what? You face challenges, you find a way around them. But what I wanted to start with was, what in the heck does this major mean? You came up with that. You can answer that uh, one. It means act of God um, in Latin in specific, but uh, originally the term was used as an old World of Warcraft character I had. <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I brought it up to her one day and she shot it down, of course. But it, kind of <laughs> <laughs> it stuck with, yeah, it just kind of kept on sticking with me and took on a life of yeah. its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had gone to a hop seminar and um, part of the presentation, they were talking about how Belgians had uh, discovered accidentally the beer making process. Um, So they're storing their grains in casks on their farm, it became rain-soaked, and it fermented. And they believed that that fermentation was the act of God. So that is at that moment where I looked at Tom, and it just kind of clicked. And I was like, okay, now I can get behind this a little (laughs) bit more. But when he first presented, I was like, oh, yeah, because your beers are an act of God. (laughs) Uh, It just seemed a little pompous at first, but um, once we really... Once we found that storyline, it um, made sense for the name and the brand. Yeah. And uh, it also is loosely translates to major force, which is something that we've had to uh, deal with uh, in terms of a recent flood that uh, took us out of business for a couple months. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Things come full circle. In a <laughs> <way>. <laughs> yeah. so that we may be rebranding. Kind of, I don't know. <laughs> kind of regretting the act of God thing at this point. 
<laughs> Be careful who you mess with out there. <laughs> Bottom line, drinking your beer is like a religious experience. So I'm just going with it. So. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your backgrounds. Like, what kind of got you to here? So professionally speaking, what were your backgrounds? And then we'll work into the initial spark to start this major. Oh, um, background, um, before brewing, I was in the Marines and then went to school and became an aircraft mechanic and was working in Chicago for American Airlines at the time and started home brewing. Actually, one guy brought some of his home brew to work. And okay. I'm like, well, this guy can do it and it tastes this good. I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can make religious beer. <laughs> And so started home brewing in Chicago and um, kind of hit a couple road bumps with American Airlines going into Chapter 11 bankruptcy mm-hmm. and rent at our apartment was about to go up and kind of uh, at the time all these doors were closing and we kind of looked back home to Omaha and like thought, you know, maybe we could, you know, make that happen in Omaha. So that was kind of the influence of why we moved back to Omaha. That and to be close to family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Tom, he um, he has worked as an aircraft mechanic, which has proven his ability to be able to fix things and to re-engineer and to um, think about things mechanically has been insanely beneficial to right. our business yeah. because he's able to um, tackle a lot of um, challenges that have come up. Um, whereas my background was um, in interior design, and uh, it was a job opportunity that had taken me to Chicago, um, but it was right around the last recession in '09, and uh, unfortunately, my job did not um, last very long. And I inevitably started waiting tables, and you know, which was kind of a hard transition because I thought that that was going to be my big career break. Yeah. Um, but really it turned out to be an amazing opportunity for me to, uh, reevaluate, um, what I wanted out of life. And, you know, I had tried a couple jobs in between there and, um, I ended up, um, I, I became a, a sales rep at a, uh, gym, and I was not very good at it. <laughs> I was terrible. It was just I couldn't get behind the authenticity of it. And I knew I was going to get fired. And I said to Tom, we'd only been married for about a year at this point. I was like, can I just have a month to figure out what I want to be when I grow up? Because I don't want to just jump into another serving job just to pay the bills. Like, we've got a little bit of money, a little bit of a cushion. And so I took that month and really started reading and journaling. I started thinking about what it was that I wanted out of my career. And I just kept coming back to beer. We, living in Chicago, there were some great craft beer bars. Um, And so for us, beyond just um, trying our hand at home brewing, uh, we really loved the explorative nature of trying new beer styles. So I was like, you know, I have sales background. I'm like, do I want to be the brewer? We, at that point, had only done a couple batches. Um, and it was it was good to kind of go ab- about that together because we did quickly realize where my skill sets um, uh, fit best yeah. and where Tom's fit, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And it was evident that he had the knack for brewing Um, and I just really liked, um, you know, kind of coming up with the bigger ideas of, you know, what we could brew. So that's something that we still, um, work together on is, is 
coordinating what we're going to brew and developing recipes, but he's really the one that takes that idea and, and turns it into to the final product. Um, but I moved back to Omaha and I got a job opportunity doing, uh, working as a sales rep for a small distribution company and we focus primarily on craft beer. So it was an opportunity for me to learn the market, understand, um, seasonality of beer, um, get a good, uh, you know, connection and network of people, found a great mentor, um, that allowed me to pick his brain and he provided a lot of insight, um, as to what we would need to to do in order to set ourselves up to open our brewery. That is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you actually, after that initial spark of, you know, having, you got the push, right? Mm -hmm. You already knew that you wanted to brew, Mm -hmm. but you got that push of, all right, corporate America is knocking me out. I'm going to take a chance to really evaluate, use this as an opportunity, as you said. And that spark kind of came from that moment. And then after the spark, you actually got an opportunity to work in the industry. Yeah, yeah that was a it was very random, uh, it was a very serendipitous moment. Yeah. <laughs> I met I met the owner of the company at a random you know craft beer bar in Chicago on a random Saturday afternoon. I mean, I mean, it if was... you spend enough time in craft <laughs> brewing places, good stuff yeah. is going to happen. That's true. Yes, that's the moral of our story. Yeah. <laughs> Just hang out at craft beer bars. Yeah. Uh, no, I I randomly met this guy. It was just one of those bizarre things. And you know, Chicago is a really friendly Midwestern big city, but Right. You know, it's it's amazing how small um, your world is when you have those um, uh, you know, serendipitous moments of, of meeting somebody. Um, so yeah, I, I he sat down. Well, oh, where are you, where are you from? Omaha. What are you doing? Oh, I'm here for work. What do you do for work? Uh, I work for a craft beer distribution company. I'm like. Oh my God, that's exactly <laughs> what I want. I've been thinking I want to do. And so I gave, he, I was like, is there any job opportunities? He said, no. I said, okay, can I get your contact information? I want to reach out to you. You know, we're in the process. We're, we're right on the cusp of deciding to like make this move back to Omaha. And um, so I sent him my email um, or I sent him an uh, email with my resume and everything. And I said, hey, I'm going to be in town these dates. He calls me the second day I was in town. And I was looking for apartments and places for uh-huh. us to live, mm-hmm. looking for work. Um, and he goes, hey, are you here? And I said, yeah. He goes, I can't believe this. My sales guy just quit. Do you want to come in for an interview? <laughs> and I said, yes. Wow. So it was a really... This stuff doesn't happen. This is like an airline yeah, commercial. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And it was it was a fantastic job opportunity. And I built a lot of great relationships within the market from bar owners uh, you know, restaurant managers and retail. Yeah, it was cool. So you took that serendipity and didn't take it for granted. No, I out. literally, I, like, <laughs> I stepped away from my seat and like went to the bathroom to collect myself. And I was like, don't mess this up. This is your opportunity. This is, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I could, I, I sensed it. I knew that this was something that um, was going to help change the course of, of my career. Wow. Yeah. That is <laughs> fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This stuff can happen, folks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the making of the sausage, right? Or whatever analogy we want to use, metaphor we want to use. It's hasn't all been um, hasn't all been pretty, right? And and this is where I actually made a list. I mean, some of the challenges and, and you guys have had doubters mm-hmm. from the beginning, right? You you had this confidence built from these serendipitous moments which were telling mm-hmm. you this is what we're supposed to do but you had challenges finding a location mm-hmm. losing leases um getting a loan i mean you guys Huge persevered yeah. I, I knew you mm-hmm. when this happened 
yep. unplanned career disruptions, legislative and regulatory hurdles, and the legislature moving the rules of the game in the middle of the game on you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a million versions of a, vi- of a business plan. One of those oh, should yeah. be framed somewhere. Yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Major equipment failures. Oh, by the way, during all this, as you're starting the business, you move and you're raising a young child, right? Mm-hmm. Staffing challenges, of course, every business. You went all in on a second concept and then pulled back from that. Oh, then there was this thing called COVID. Mm-hmm. And what you mentioned <laughs> in the start, post-COVID, things are starting to get back to normal. And yeah. literally your foundation collapses yeah. because they're on Center Street and those were the floods last summer. Mm-hmm. How do you keep it going? What, where, where do you reach into? What, what keeps you guys going? I mean, as I said before, you've, you've found a place of stability and success. Mm-hmm. How? Where does that come from? Well, first off, I, I mean, good or bad, I, you know, try to save much, as much money as we can. So having a, a good, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know. That's a really good amount. <laughs> so that, you know, takes a lot of stress off you, you know, your bank account starts getting close to zero. I mean, that's when you start to panic. We didn't necessarily have that panic moment, like certain, uh, like some other businesses. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. Tom and I, you know, we pay ourselves a, a very modest salary, um, just to cover our own expenses. Um, and so we really haven't, uh, within the last four years of being in business, we've only done a handful of distributions mm-hmm. to ourselves and to our business partners. And, you know, that was part of it, too, finding the right business partners um, that not only had, um, you know, the, <laughs> uh, the guts to take a chance on us, um, but, you know, we made it really clear with them, like, hey, you're not really going to see much a return on your investment for about five years. This is a long play. Right, yeah. exactly. And so we were just really diligent about keeping as much money within the, the business as possible. And, you know, it was like at first we would set a small goal, like, okay, I always want to have, you know, X amount of dollars, 30K. And, yeah. and then once we got a little bit more, so 75K and then mm-hmm. 100K. And, you know, so being able to grow, I think that's, I'm glad that Tom, you know, thought of that because that is really what has taken the biggest burden off of us. And not every business is going to have that, um, that safety net. Um, and, you know, I mean, even with COVID, there was, thankfully, there was a lot of programs we were able to take advantage of and get some additional financing mm-hmm. just to kind of help make sure that we could keep our employees um, working and, and safe um, and all those those factors that go into it. So, yeah, I mean, our COVID year was definitely our lowest performing year. We had to quickly flip the switch. Yeah, we we was basically rolling with the punches. I mean, most business, you know, us in particular, um, once we knew the shutdown happened, we instantly, we didn't even skip a beat. We're like, okay, now we got to do this if we want to stay open, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was, you know, to-go orders. I mean, we had somebody on their staff that we paid to, you know, build a ordering website, or ordering platform yeah. on our website um, pretty quickly so that we could yeah. roll with the punches, you know. Yeah. We were fortunate to have somebody that had that skill set um, and something that she really enjoyed doing. You know, not again, not everybody has that, but also I think that's something important is as small business owners, you need to leverage the talent that you have working um, with you, alongside you. So that was something that really helped. Was, we were just incredibly appreciative of of her ability to get us up and running in that way. 
And speaking of which, because I think you're being a little modest, it, mm-hmm. you guys haven't just lucked into some of the relationships that, that you've built and some of the resources that you've surrounded yourselves with. It it seemed to me ever since the beginning, I, I can I can honestly say that I was one of their first customers <laughs> and a very frequent yeah. customer of theirs. Beer, original yeah. beer tester yeah. when yeah. we home brewing. Blake was our <laughs> guinea pig. If you can move into a neighborhood and somehow find out from the realtor that there's somebody getting ready to open a brewery that lives down the street, yeah. Jump on that opportunity, <laughs> speaking of serendipity. But one of the things I saw, so, I mean, from, from the depths of challenges come some of the greatest moments and some of the most memorable moments. And when you guys recently had the flood, mm-hmm. was that June? It was, it was uh, August 7th. August, August. August 7th. <laughs> yeah, that mm-hmm. didn't take... August 7th at yeah. 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, Never forget. Well, you know, when you're screaming in the stairwell like uh, Moira Rose from, you know, when she's packing up her wigs, you know, because you're, 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 our brewery is like our second baby, you know, it's. Well, and that was my point. So to jump back into that one, I saw photos posted, I think on your Facebook page, Mm -hmm. of your own customers who came in voluntarily and literally shoveled the mud Mm -hmm. out of. Your brewery. Yep, six yeah. inches of mud across the whole basement floor, um, uh, which is like sixty feet long by thirty-five feet wide. You know, it it was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had about twenty-one uh, volunteers that day, and um, mm-hmm. no, you guys have become part of that neighborhood. Really, thirty-fifth oh, yeah. and center, yeah. area, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Hanscom and. That, and field club. Yeah, that location. A lot of people were very skeptical of. They're like, "Why would you want to be here? It's a, it's an old vintage building. It yeah. just, you know, it's fairly unassuming." But we're right in between two historic neighborhoods that are incredibly community centric. So for us, it was a great opportunity to create a hub and a space um, for for the community to come together and grow. And I think that is part of what has been our our secret sauce is just really investing in making it family friendly and, um, you know, making it a really safe and welcoming space to all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you guys literally went door to door, knocked on doors in those neighborhoods mm-hmm. to let people know that you wanted to be part of the neighborhood, right? right. Yep. So this, this, this was very intentional. Yeah. And, and we ended up actually moving into the neighborhood too. So we only, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we only lived that was the trade off. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Come on, but you got to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was, we've, We've got just a like I said a great great commu- community around us, um, but yeah, it was important when we were trying to get our liquor license. Uh, you know, you we we did have a couple of oppositions to that. Yeah. Um, neighbors that live really close that were concerned about noise, safety, and things like that. Um, you know, but it was an opportunity for us to reiterate, like, hey, this isn't going to be a typical bar. We're not going to be doing late night hours. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to create a space that's it can for our product to be consumed safely. Um, we can't help that there might be some noise, but, you know, uh, that was definitely a, something that's important to do if you're planning to open um, a drinking establishment. That's a really good point. You become part of the community. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you do notice that when you walk in. I mean, first thing you notice is there's not a bunch of blaring TVs. In <laughs> fact, there's no TVs unless you go into the one room. Yeah. Um, and it's people playing Scrabble, and it's families that are there, and it's all different generations that yeah. are there. Yeah. Yeah, I really am proud of the fact that we've been able to attract such a large female customer base. Um, majority, well, all of our front of house um, bartending staff, they're females. And that's not necessarily in, by design. It's just something, the fact that we've been able to 
I think, attract a lot more women towards craft beer. Um, I, for my role within the business, I am very f- customer facing. Um, and so I think that I, I really think that helps uh, attract more women um, to to be comfortable in our space and, and to to be more. I mean, women like beer, too, you know, and so yeah. <laughs> a lot Absolutely. of for us, a lot of it has been um, figuring out what recipes and things like that um, are going to be the best received. And we've really found a niche brewing um, sour beers and fruited beers um, our IPAs as well. But. You know, it's kind of cool, too, to see over the years really, like, which recipes um, we continue to return yeah. to and, and bring back on a regular basis. But it's also really freeing being a small-scale brewery where we're not doing a lot of distribution. That's a much different business model. Um, and that's, some you know, originally when we – one of the business plans that we'd written yeah. was a distribution model. Like our first one, first couple yeah. probably, yeah. <laughs> and we simply could not get the financing for it. So, I mean – one thing that I always like to advise people that are looking to open a business is um, you really, banks a lot of times are like car dealerships. You just have to find the right bank that is comfortable with the risk you're asking them to take on. Um, you know, so it took us several banks telling us no, <laughs> you know, right. it was very mm-hmm. hard. Um, and because this is the first time we'd ever taken out of financing in that capacity, you know, it's, not that difficult to get if you've got the right credit and you've got enough of income to get a home loan or a car loan. Getting a business loan is much different um, obstacle. Um, so we we had to continue to work through those challenges, mm-hmm. and we focused a lot at first on raising cash assets when really what we needed was um, or cash investment. We needed actual assets in order to um, to get that financing. So that's something yeah. that. I, I often advise people, hey, you know, make sure you understand what the bank's really needing from you. Even if you have a good 25% cash injection to the loan you're taking out, if you don't have 100% of those assets that you're asking for, you're just not going to get it. Very sharp advice because time does matter when you're looking for a loan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I actually, with that, with that sage advice, I can't think of a, a better spot to wrap things up, but... I want to wrap it up by talking about what you just described there, I think, is the essence of being nimble and being adaptable. And you guys have always been nimble and adaptable. You've had to be nimble and adaptable, but you seem to always A and B test things and figure out which one works well and move forward on it. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. you. I appreciate that. I think for me, um, the big turning point was going from I want to open a brewery to I am going to open a brewery. And so I think that change in mindset, it's um, what has helped us push through all of those obstacles. And, you know, once I committed to it in my mind and my heart, I (laughs) I wasn't going to turn back around. And thankfully, I've got a great partner in in life and in business to roll with the punches with me. So (laughs) it's been good. Make a good team. There you go. I, I agree. <laughs> now we got to wrap things up because we need to crack this puppy open. Sour. <laughs> but again, thank you to Tom and Lindsay Clements, owners and founders of Vis Major Brewing. We very much appreciate you being with us today and sharing your experience. Thank you. Appreciate having you and appreciate having all of you. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. We'll see you here again soon. A Huda Media Production.